Greetings, film fans, and welcome to episode 23 of The Big Review Ski, the film show from Joe and Her that has assembled an elite team of bank-robbing, heist-pulling-off experts that has one last job to do before we retire. What? Did you just put the words pulling off together? In Shush. Okay. <laughs> what are we stealing? I'm your host, Owen What Arnie, are we pulling off? And I'm delighted to be joined by two potty mouthed, uh, two of the most highly sophisticated and stylish con men in the business. Uh, George Clooney and Brad Pitt have nothing on these two. It's Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. Hello like, there. When, people, when you've, you've already told an out and out lie, like, you know, like sophisticated and stuff like that. So, you know, you completely lost everyone. So, who are you? <laughs> Would that make you the Matt Damon? <laughs> I can be Matt, Matt Damon, Damon in that scenario. I was thinking, Roy, you're the highly sophisticated one, and Paul, you're the stylish con man. I like it. Okay. I have you any? I, I, I don't feel it though, but be, I like it. Being part of our elite crew, have you any special skills that helps you, like you know, rob banks and steal stuff? Uh, n- no. Let me think. You're no. out of the crew. You're out of the crew. This yeah. crew is rubbish, Paul. Have you any special skills? I think if I was in one of those films, my problem would be that like they always have someone to scope out the bar, like in the casino. I'd just be going full into pints, so I'd, I'd end up <laughs> okay. losing the plot very quickly. Okay, so you've already put the mission in jeopardy. Yeah, but I'd be a good mark. So like, I, I'm more than happy to scope out if it's you're robbing a bar or like you know mm-hmm. casino. Okay. I'm well up for research. <laughs> research. Yeah. Okay. If I'm you not, like, <laughs> I'm not going to remember it, but like you know, I'll do it. If you want to book the Big Review Ski Gang to rob somewhere uh, and do a super cool heist for you and hopefully not get caught, uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at Big Review Ski and you can WhatsApp us on the phone by using the big long phone number. Uh, we've got an absolutely... You're not even going to... No, I'm not going to even attempt it. <laughs> Star-studded show coming up this week as we'll be joined by, wait for it... Owen Doherty. Here it comes, not not that person. Paul Moore. No. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. No, it's Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett huh? and Sarah Paulson. The stars of Ocean's Eight. Now, Rory, you had a chance to meet the lovely ladies. I did. It was an intimidating room because normally we we do these things one at a time, um, and having you know any more than one could be kind of daunting. You've actually done a, a very impressive group before when you had Jamie Fox, John Hamm, and Aiza Gonzalez. Perfecto in the room all at once, and that's an intimidating room. But yeah. having Bullock, Blanchett, and Paulson. Uh, <laughs> Just all at once and just stare a hole at you while you sit down and try to, you know, collect yourself. It's uh Well it's they're big on. they're big personalities. Mm. And two of them are Oscar winners as well, <laughs> which is And I think Paulson's won like Golden Globes and stuff, so they're all phenomenal talents. Really, really great. So they're gonna be coming up uh later on in the show and we're also gonna have an interview with Rupert Everett, who was in Ireland to promote his brand new film, The Happy Prince. No one Yes. You had a chance to speak Yeah, to. just me and him, just shooting the breeze. One-on-one. Yeah, pretty much much uh, less daunting than your one. But, well, he was nearly James Bond, though, wasn't he? Wasn't there rumours he was supposed to take over from... I can definitely yeah, see Diane. how he would have... Dalton. ...fit that role years ago. <laughs> no offence, Rupert, but years ago. Um, <laughs> plus, we got riveting reviews, amazing high clues, and some tasty prizes to give away. Uh, first of all, before we go any further, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone uh, of the listeners who came along to the second ever Big yep. Review Ski Big Film Quiz, uh, which took place in Sunny World. Thanks for the loan clap, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Rory's like, like, I'm not clapping for those people. No. Uh, <laughs> all but one of them were losers, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not plotting this that. Is, this is true, and uh, we had a brilliant turnout. I want to say thank you to Sunny World as well for hosting the event, and Warner Brothers um, for asking us to, to team up and... Uh, and put it on basically it was to mark the release of Ocean's 8 which we'll have a full review of uh, later on in the show but it was good crack it was a good night wasn't it 
Yeah, I really enjoyed the the team names were fantastic. Some brilliant like, team names. Quiz, quiz me like one of your French girls was my fave. But quiz, quiz me like one of your French girls actually won I a prize. I would have thought Rory, you would appreciate the World War Two theme name uh, from that dramatic World War Two film. Schindler's Fist. There you go. Okay, so both those team names won prizes. Yeah, quiz me like one of your French girls for being the funniest name on the sure. night, and the most inappropriate team name went to Schindler's Fist. But it's only a fist, like like independent of whatever you decide to do. It is just a body part. I want to give okay. a shout out. Fairly <laughs> innocuous body parts. <laughs> Whoever, put like an he answer. did have two fists. So he did. Schindler did have fists yeah. and lists. Yeah. Yeah. No, he only had one list. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever <laughs> gave an answer, I think, is like for an entire round was we love the big review ski. Please give us points or points. So yeah, whoever points that was, put points. that down. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. I was marking them there. Well, uh, th- and a lot of people, too many people know the answer, Valerian. Too many people have seen Valerian based on that. I l- I'd, I'd spend a wee bit of time defending Valerian now, if I needed to. But I'm not going to do it right now. No, <laughs> it's not the time. Yeah. But hopefully we uh, will have more uh, quizzes coming up later on in the year. So we'd love to see you there as well. But as I said, a big thank you to everyone who came along. Hopefully you had a good night. Uh, now, though, it's time for the big question on the big review ski. And last week we wanted to know, what is your favourite scene from a horror film? Not... What's your favourite horror? A particular scene or a moment? Uh, and one week on, our nerves are still shot, shot. to pieces. Uh, and we'll hug anybody who lets us. And some people who haven't let us as well. We've been <laughs> reported. Uh, we had the Blair Witch Project. That was you, Rory. Final scene, uh, yeah. I went for Scream. And it's the music from The Omen, which just yeah. terrifies you. Yeah, when Mrs. Baylock threw the mother out the window, yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of music, for this week's big question on The Big Reviewski, it's over to me, Owen I also love Big Questions, Doherty. And I wanted to know, with the heist theme of Ocean's 8 uh, being released in cinemas, what is your favourite heist movie soundtrack? Because you can't really rob a bank or steal anything without a funky soundtrack. Did you find it difficult to separate your favourite heist soundtrack from your favourite heist movie? No. Okay, then. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was fine. Um, yeah, the film that mine is from. Which we'll we'll hear in a moment. Uh, no, I, I I think there are definitely better heist films, but this mm. soundtrack is just phenomenal. So, Paul, what did you go for? I went for a film that you've mentioned about five minutes ago. It's Edgar Wright's <laughs> Baby Driver, uh, which, as you know, the making of the film was inspired by a team a song called Bell Bottoms, and he said he wrote the script with to the beat of music, which is really innovative way. But there was one moment with one of my favorite songs, and it kind of captures the mood as the film reaches its end. And here it is. That is an unbelievable track, isn't it? I, I don't think it's my favourite heist film, but the whole soundtrack's amazing. And that kind of comes in, you know, I have to go to the warehouse to pick up the guns, and Buddy's getting suspicious, a baby, and yeah, he's got nowhere to run, walls are closing in, you know, his perfect dream's about to go, and I just think that song, and that beat, and that voice, it's just, it's cool. It is cool. Who is it? Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Unbelievable. Like... All of us immediately started bopping in studio. You can't help yourself whenever no, that tune starts. And that man, that man knows the soundtrack. Edgar Wright knows the soundtrack. A hundred million percent. Oh, Rory, what did you go for? Please say it's Martha Reeves again. I want to bop. <laughs> <laughs> Having heard that, I kind of wish I had picked the exact same one. But uh, no, let's see if you can guess it. Blair Witch Sound Project. Guy. <laughs> Sound 
that is the most Rory Cashin track I've ever heard. <laughs> I hear that music and I just think of you. Rory's out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. So, okay. So that's saying to me, there is a wee bit of... Oh, what's that part of my French? Uh, mambo in there. It seems like a little Latino bit of Miami. I instantly it's thought of the mask, like with Cameron Diaz in that club. That's the first thing popped in my head, but I know it's not that. I'm, is it out of sight? No, no, it's not. But it is, there, that's it's like it is equally sexy. It is equally sexy. And I mean that. I, I normally Thomas. <laughs> is it the Thomas Cranfer remake? Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, it's the yeah. remake of that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan and Rennie Russo. That's, a very sexy film. Is that the one they're dancing yeah. and the silk <gasps> dress and all that? Oh, jazz? yeah. That's from that scene. Yes. Right. Okay. Because we were discussing this during a heist quiz, uh, and that was the that was the scene that I was like, well, you know, we you know I love this film. <laughs> yeah, like the original film uh, with Steve McQueen is Fade it's up, excellent. Fade Away in the lead, in that is it? Is it yes, with him, yeah. I think so. And the but the remake. When did that? That must be ninety eight, ninety nine. I think yeah. Yeah. So obviously, being released at that time, being the age that we are, it obviously holds like a special. Even though people probably at the time were like, "Why are you remaking the Thomas Crown Affair?" With Pierce but, Brosnan. Uh, well, Brosnan was obviously massive at the time because he was. James Bond as Jesus, well. Jesus, I, I, I could do an own here. There was a great moment, Nina Simone Cinnamon in the heist as well. I could have oh, picked, I could have picked yes. two moments there. That's a great moment as well when he puts the case on a uh, case, case, case under the shutting door and he just slides under. That was just class. Yeah, cut to that beat. The Nina Simone music in that is brilliant, and all the guys walking around mm. in the bowler hats mm-hmm. as well. Um, oh, unbelievable! Like, I feel like watching now. Unbelievably yeah. cool and sexy and sexy and very Rory Cashin. Thank you. Um, so the one that You'll I will notice for all your wallets. You know? <laughs> um, I got nothing to take anyway. They'd leave an IOU if they stole me. The uh, yeah, as I said, the film that my one is from isn't necessarily my favorite heist film, but the first time that I heard this soundtrack, I just <laughs> I want to listen to it all of the time. This is actually there's a version of it uh, in the main theme whenever the film starts, but this is the end credits, okay. and it doesn't get more New York funky jazz than this Oh, Darty's <laughs> actually doing jazz hands right now. Yeah. So that's from the taking of Pelham 123. Uh, Is that the original. music you hear in your head every time you walk into a room? Like, every I'm single time. I hear that music and I smell Walter Matter and the subway. It's good. It's a lovely smell. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit gasoline um, But yeah, so that's from the original Taking of Pelham uh, 123 and written by a guy called David Shire who did loads of other 70s films like uh, All the President's Men and The Conversation Oof. and was married to Talia Shire who was Adrian in uh, the Rocky films oh, as well. I did not know that. Neither did I. So uh, obviously he was Hollywood royalty. But that tune is just phenomenal. Mm. You can that listen is, to uh, it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it really sets the tone for oh, you, you the can, location and stuff. Yeah, 100%. and the time, obviously. Yeah. I've never seen the original Pelham, though. I've only seen the shitty remake. It's, do you know what? The original film is really, really good. Walter Matthau is just brilliant, as, as he always is, as this really dry, sardonic <laughs> kind of grumpy he just plays that part perfectly uh, while still getting the job done but uh, yeah oh, unbelievable soundtracks there what is it about heist films that they always do just have 
amazing music and fairness they have to be suave cool yeah something, something with the beat to keep it going yeah i mean none of us went for oceans there oceans, yeah. which david holmes irishman uh and out, out of sight out of as sight well too. great ones yeah yeah and kind of uh reservoir dogs uh had a great soundtrack with like harry nielsen and um was it uh hooked on a feeling was in that and uh Ooh, oh, little, little Ooh, green bag which is like the iconic of course one, yeah? Yeah. yeah so like they always have this mix of either uh, brilliant tracks like you said with Martha Reeves or those original soundtracks as well like the uh, the David Chair one but uh, yeah so let us know what are your favourite heist movie soundtracks uh, speaking of favourite music uh, it's time we all went to the movies <laughs> can you imagine robbing a bank to this tune would it work I mean get down in the ground and I would <laughs> Rory just gave up the wheel to him. <laughs> just, yeah. like, fine. just take whatever you want. It's grand. You please stop playing the music. I'll give you whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> number 10 in the top 10 films that are out at the moment in the Irish box office is a brand new entry. It's an Indian film called Race 3. Mm. Have either of you seen Race 1 or Race 2? No. Okay. No, I. Uh, but I imagine this one... Is continuing. Is, uh, is about a race. Okay. Probably affiliated with Death Race or um, Race to Which Mountain. I yeah, think it could I assume be, it could it's like a race as in like a run and not race as in like a Caucasian. Can I, can I actually read you a little bit of the blurb because it is a phenomenal description of a film. Are there, like, a race? Are there any gnomes in it? Here we go. Race 3 is an internationally mounted saga of a family that deals in borderline crime. What's borderline rude, I don't know. I don't know if it means on the border or if it's kind of crime and I don't it really either, know. It's like pregnancy. You either are or are not doing a crime. <laughs> it's kind of the grey area. You know, it's like the ah, you're, that's grand. Move along there, lads. But it says mm. they're ruthless and vindictive to the core. It's a world with twists and turns at every nook and corner which will take the audience by surprise with the sheer unpredictability it's like the big review is it predictable um i don't think so it's uh it's a hindi film it's out now it's obviously like ireland's got uh you know quite a large uh hindi population as well and enough people are going to see uh, race three and they're fans of race one and race two i presume race one is just called race Probably. Yes. But, you know, but there, there was no mention of, of a race. It says, <laughs> let me see. When the high stakes heist. Along, oh, it's a heist film. <gasps> amazing. I wonder if it has an amazing score. <laughs> yeah. It says, along with the family for support, what could possibly go wrong? Well. I feel something. <laughs> yes. My... We discover everyone's real character as they change with a blink of an eye. This is really descriptive. It really is. Description. I feel like I've watched it. Uh, and we discover that nothing is as it seems. It's not uh, even a race. It doesn't even mention a race. It says, it rushes towards a high-octane climax, mm. hello, with betrayals, fast guns, fast cars, and sleek action. What's a fast gun? <laughs> I don't know what fast... <laughs> just shoots really fast. Uh, all guns kind of fundamentally have to be fast, otherwise the bullets don't work. True. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gun expert. Good Roy point. Tyson. Well made. And the last line in it: action and drama that leads to a shocking twist in the climax that takes your breath away. Well, now I know this one coming. I feel like every noun and adjective I didn't in the world to describe a film has been thrown into that. Except for the word race. <laughs> I have no idea where race fits into that. But there you go. So that's number ten in the Irish box office at the moment. I can't number, see it. Yeah, number see it number else. so do I. Number nine is Super Troopers Two, Great. which was uh, one of our big reviews last week, and we did de- uh, did have an interview with the uh, star and director of Jay Transasekar, oh, which I have right. been practicing all week. Good for you. Jay Chandrasekhar. Chandrasekhar. Yep, that's the one. He's in race. Um, as lovely as he was uh, to talk to, sure. and uh, as a director, as an actor and a comedian, 
um, unfortunately, Super Troopers just isn't as funny <laughs> as just listening and talking to him. Um, I wasn't a fan of the film. Um, it doesn't seem to have performed too well there, only coming in at number nine for a new entry. So um, most likely going to drop out next week. Uh, number eight is Avengers Infinity War, still going strong. Uh, number seven is Sherlock Gnomes. Are you going to I was actually do just doing a bit of research there. Apparently, oh. the soundtrack is a bit jumping. No. It was produced by the famous country musician and producer T. Gnome Burnett. Oh, I thought you were going to say David Gnomes. That's good. Both that is those, good. That would have been good. And, uh, yeah, the catch line is apparently, like, you know, for some inexplicable reason, uh-huh. E.T. phone gnome. Okay. Yeah, that's... And, I don't uh, see how that ties in at all, but okay. But we're, we're, we're going real heavy and we're kind of running out of gnome. Have we done? Aren't we? Are we? I forgot are we to done? do any. Okay. Um, but but uh, uh, it, could, it, could be, it could be spun off into a new TV show mm-hmm. kind of under the gnome. The, the I don't know what King that one. Yeah. 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 Gnome, Gnomes under the hammer? That's on. That's good. That's good. Okay, yeah. we're moving on. Number but I thought six you, is ha- show you can't hate them and pile on. I, no one ever said I hate them. No, you m- did. No one numerous times. No one. No one ever said numerous times. Numerous times. Numerous times. Stop this, please. See, number six you is started show Rory. Number five is Deadpool two. Number four is Star Wars story. <laughs> it's like you're reading it in, in, in school again. Yeah. Number three is book club, and it was number four last week, so it's moving up the charts. It's on the up. It's on the up. So it's got that grey euro. <laughs> it's got that grey. Fifty euro Shades does that to people, doesn't it? it gets it on the up. It, but like literally Fifty Shades of Grey in this, because that's that's yeah. Like you'll the, get it on the up. That's their hair yes. color. Yeah, yeah. Paul, people can't see it. Ramming home that sex joke there. Yeah. Number two Twice. is another new entry this week. It's the horror film that everybody is talking Hereditary. about. Hereditary. Hereditary. Now, Rory, you reviewed it last week. It's your favorite film to 2018 so far. Uh, yes, it, it replaced A Quiet Place. Um, although. Hmm. I have seen one since then that I'm now oh, interesting. back and forthing over. Holy moly. But it's, uh, we won't be talking about it for a few weeks. Okay. Interesting. But, uh, I saw Hereditary there yesterday and I really loved it. Um, bizarrely enough, the more I think about it, if you approach it as a drama, it works just as well as a horror, um, which is clearly... Uh, it's, it, it's, it's fantastic. The last half hour is bonkers. And as I already said, you can't really discuss it without tiptoeing around a lot of stuff but it's so layered I mean you can read it in five different ways it can be a piece on gender politics it can be a piece on mental disease family ties relationship with your family Um, it's unbelievably clever Uh, but I did feel that the build up to the set pieces was better than the actual execution themselves apart from maybe one in the attic which I'm not going to give too much away which is really memorable but um one thing just like A Quiet Place and all the best horrors it's grounded in two incredible performances Tony Collette will rightfully get all the, the headlines because she is fantastic but Alex Wolf, a newcomer I don't think I've seen him in much else to be honest he was in the um, the new Jumanji he was the oh old, he, he was, was the he right, yeah. he's, he's fantastic in this um, uh, and as already mentioned after about 20 minutes it goes in a direction you're not expecting but the last half an hour I find if you're familiar with stuff like Rosemary's Baby or House of the Devil or uh, even older stuff like Witchfinder General Blood and Saints Claw you can kind of know it's going to spiral into into like a, a snowball effect but it's still the scares are expertly done and note to self never smile at anyone in a funeral home that's the one thing I'm taking from this film fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay it's brilliant to see it doing so well it's um, beautiful again. to look at as well and it's so it's so it's about two hours but there's not in, an ounce of fat in it and even there's a conversation in a bedside that I've been dwelling on and I was like oh they, they kind of signposted stuff and it's, you want to go back and watch it again and just pick up different stuff thoroughly recommend it but I just prefer The Quiet Place just because I thought the scares were a bit better but this is a really very very good 
artful film which you can easily read as a drama if you wanted it as well so you're gonna make the tiebreaker when you go 100 if, if you go to of see it of course i go to see you it where a horror was i will be fine i'll just will I'll, you though when, no, is your mommy free no. to go see it with you I'm, over the I'm, weekend i'm texting her under the table right <laughs> now. um number one uh, in the irish box office nothing was able to dislodge it from the top spot it is still jurassic world fallen kingdom which as we said last week, kind of kind of left me a little bit cold as mm. a mm. Jurassic Park fan, but does have some brilliant uh, kind of dark horror yeah. moments as yeah. well. I think the word I said is, and I'm sticking to it, schizophrenic. It's kind of a bit doesn't know what it is. When it's the horror, it's very good, but then when it tries to repeat itself, I just I was just bored on the island. I was just like, get off there, you know. I went to see it a second time. Oh, it was okay, better. Good. The second oh, yeah. time, okay. With my expectations massively lowered, uh, the the horror stuff played much better, but the problems are just like. <sighs> there's one particular moment uh, where there's a character standing and there's something happening behind them, and you kind of coming out of the darkness. It's quite early in the film, is it? Um, no, it's kind of uh, oh, the opening in, in the second. No, 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 not not around then, but um, which just creeped the hell out of me watching it mm. and I just wanted more of that kind of creepiness mm. as and well can we finally maybe next week talk about the genetic oh, elephant in the right. room the yeah. gigantic yes. game changing thing for mankind spoiler everywhere cast. Yes. Uh, spoiler cast. Yes. we should do a half year spoiler cast because 100%. Christ almighty at what point did this <laughs> continuity editor to say you know what I think this might this be worth funny. a line of exposition to explain this earth shattering discovery we've just made um, speaking of an earth shattering discovery that I've just made uh, uh, <gasps> We forgot to do our example high club. I just noticed that. Before <gasps> the box office. Well, it's good. What do we do? Structures all over the place. It's good to mix it up. We're what do we do? If, we, if we're not bored, the listeners are bored. <laughs> Hello, listeners. Are you there? Um, <laughs> are you okay, bored? so we're going to do our example high club now before we get to our big interview. And Paul, you were writing one this week. This is our film riddle in the form of a Japanese haiku. Fiddle riddle. All you have to do is name the film. Colin Fiddle. I'm excited okay here we go I've got my pen and my loud paper paper, loud paper ready to go first line hit me bloody gold in ground got it have (laughs) you yep are you serious yep you think you have what okay second line dogged death check in or die what yeah dogged death and it's like an apostrophe so it's like dogged death apostrophe check in or die Apostrophe. Apostrophe. Do you mean or like, comma? Oh, sorry, comma. Beg your pardon. <laughs> I, I word good journalism. The, the my lower job. apostrophe. Yes. Uh, check in, in or die. That's not or. like the. That's not like paycheck. It's like C H E C K. Okay. And focus on the phone. Focus on. Rory got it in the first oh, line. Oh, I, I don't have it now. Are you know? No. no. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, syllable check. Bloody gold in grind. Okay. Dogged death. Check in or die. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven and the last line focus on the phone what did you think it was initially there will be blood oh bloody That's golden ground yeah. okay yeah. yeah with the oil. That's yeah. not bad yeah but it's um, not that dogged death check in or dies that's a dogged death somebody hotel? getting killed by oh no what were you thinking Psycho? straw dogs but it's too that's it's a decent shout yeah focus um, on the phone okay something th- there's death there's blood there's a phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check in or die. Dogged death. So a dog dies or a dog kills someone. Yes. Check in or die. That's. I, that I can. I like can. I can confidently say that both of you love. Uh, love this film. Ooh. Like adore it. Showgirls. 
Um, <laughs> bloody golden ground, dog of death, checking her day, focus on the phone. Do you want a hint or a gift? Do we have a gift? Is it no country for old men? No. That's not a bad shout though. Is bloody it golden gnome earth. country for old men? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, now you're the on gift? the trolley. What's the gift? Uh, what word do you want? Um, <laughs> dogged. Yeah. yeah, it relates to the a, dog, a dog. dog. We knew that. Yeah, That's yeah, not a gift. Okay, I said okay. that. And it's also a character trait of this man that it, it determines uh, unrelenting, won't stop. Is dogged is. Oh right, mean. nice. Okay. It's layered. Yeah, it's layered. Any ideas? Oh no, country from it. Yes, I've got <laughs> it. I've got <laughs> it. What is it? I've got what it. Let me just see. Let me see. Bloody golden grind. Yeah. Dog of death. Checking her down. Nice. Focus on the phone. Focus what do you think it phone. is? I think it's John Wick. You are correct. Uh, bloody gold in the ground. ground. Blood, uh, blood money is how he gets his gold. Yeah, and uh, he has so it he buried in the ground. The yeah. Dog of death. The story kicks off from his dog. dog, and John Wick is a dogged man. He's yes. determined. Check in or die is the Continental Hotel. He has to check in. Amazing. When he gets to die. Focus on the phone. John Wick is a man of focus. Remember the guy, the <laughs> Russian bomber goes, Baba Yaga, focus. You know, and uh, the phone is his message of his wife. Is how the film starts. Of him oh, saying right. you have to okay. move on, and when he crashes the car, and he has the phone, and that's how he. That's how you're introduced to John Wick and his backstory. Okay, first. John Wick. Very good. What was it? What was it? Gave it away. Um, what was it? Twig that the dog. The yeah, the, the dog, dog yeah. dying, and then and as fair, you said, dog. Broke, it broke my heart. I still can't watch John Wick. Sad. That. But it's weird film. that I'm more concerned about a dog being killed on screen than any character. No, male, no, no I, I don't know no. why that is. I'm yeah. sure there's sure <laughs> some kind of psychological, psychological reason. reason yeah, for I'm, that. I'm dead inside. My sister's exactly <laughs> the same. She watch anything, but if a dog is hurt, she's like Did the Meg. No, the Meg trailer. Everyone was worried about the dog swimming. They weren't worried about the people. The hundreds of people who are inevitably going to die. I don't know them. Now it's time for the big interview. <laughs> on the big interview. I don't care about those people. People we do care about, though, are Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchot, and Sarah Paulson. <laughs> uh, they all become French. Carte the stars, Blanchette. Carte Blanchette. In Ocean's 8, Rory, Yo. were these ladies as amazing as we hope them to be? Yes, they were. Uh, they were full of lols, full of uh, energy. Uh, they were... Clearly, he's having a good time talking about their film because the film is uh, a massive hit in the states. So open at number one uh, over in America. So they're big, obviously a, in good form. Mm, it had a bigger opening weekend than any of the other oceans films. So wow, good for them. Um, yeah, they're just really, really just there, there to have a good time. And I think, yeah, like there's going to be. There's already there must be discussions already for yeah. Ocean's Nine, but I didn't want to be like, who would your dream cast be for Ocean's Nine? Because I imagine everyone was asking, who do you want for Ocean's Nine? Um, so I asked them something slightly different. Read, nice. Read the next one. Well, as you said, you know they seem to be up for a good time, and no better man than Rory Cashin good time to provide Cashin. that good time Cashin uh, <laughs> with Sandra, Kate and Sarah on Ocean's Eight. Sarah, Kate, Sandra, how are you all doing today? So good, excellent, well, fantastic. I have to congratulate you. This is one of the most purely entertaining, fun movies. Just pure fun oh. all the way through. I've seen in a long, long time. And I remember interviewing were you someone. Were you going to cry? You, you know, he's like very he was like, No, I was, I was, I was like, like, taking a breath. <laughs> I was like, so fun. No. <laughs> and we loved it too. Uh, but I have to ask, I remember interviewing someone before and they said it takes a lot of hard work to make something look fun. Yeah. Was this just fun to me? <laughs> Who was that? I like that person. Yeah. It was set off camera, so oh, it was all very like. Some of our best stuff yeah. was set off camera yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of our stuff was on yeah, the camera floor. <laughs> yeah. But was it a lot of fun to make, or what? Like, no. was it? Really, I didn't enjoy it at all. No. 
Those I don't like so that. The other, the other ones I liked. I like the, the other ones too. Other ones are not here. <laughs> I'm not interested in very much at all. No, it was. It was it did, great. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. You know, what it yeah. certainly hasn't to me. <laughs> not the fun part, the working with yes. people that you seven love. other women. <laughs> I just had to do the math on that. Ocean's eight, I'm one. That means there's seven if other women. We just don't talk. We'll just let her okay. go. No, have you noticed that? It's not like Kate goes. Yeah, like, 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 everything. <laughs> well, for, winding you up. for Ocean's Eleven, uh, yes. the, the gentlemen were obviously oh, making, you want more. They, they were remaking. Oh, no, the guys. Uh, and, they, right. and they had, uh, Quiet. They, okay. they had <laughs> some of the coolest uh, actors in history to base their characters on, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Demar, and stuff like that. Who individually do you think was the coolest actress in cinema history? In cinema history? Jenna Rollins. Jenna Rollins, followed closely by Kim Stanley. Sarah, I've worked with Jenna Rollins. You, oh. Yeah, you did. I've met her. I, I did. You she worked. was divine. She's she was as cool as you yeah. hoped. Not yeah. just as cool, but so generous and and like you, you went. Oh my God! Like it, it's almost it, it takes you back. Another, like you, yeah. you don't yeah. have to be this nice. You Another don't have generation. To be this. It's not yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. General Monica Vitti. I'd also put her mm. in the mix. I like her too. Mm. They're all good. Kim Stanley. Mm. Uh, I have. I don't want to single any one person out, but. Kate, as the oh. owner oh. of one of the best Irish lemon suits, lemon. lemon suits, <laughs> one of the best Irish act, uh, accents I've ever seen because I'm from Ireland. Oh. Uh, Veronica oh. Gurnan, obviously, and we have. Caribbean. <laughs> That's fair. I just come back from holiday, so I just I don't look fully Irish right now. Uh, but Helena Bonham Carter had a. Fantastic Irish accents. In she Ocean's did that. for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. <laughs> it was great. But her hair and makeup team were Irish, yeah. and ah. every morning it would just yeah. start. It was hilarious. She'd start by saying "right, right, 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 right." right. 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 So it'd, be, it'd be this weird sort of silent moment. You know, when we people all fall go into a silent. Right, right, right. And was it difficult not to say the Irish accent back to her every time? No, we always said it was right. Right, right. None of us can Veronica Garin it up, you know what I mean? Neither can I. Everything sounds Romanian when I try and do it again. I go Jamaican, right? From Irish to Jamaican. That's an easy joke, though. I understand that. I totally understand that. My top of the morning, don't you know what time it is? Like, what's it happening? It's like, just don't even mean to, but it happens, yeah. Over your careers, has there been one particular accent that you'd be like, this is the most difficult thing I've ever had to tackle? American. Ooh, <laughs> I think sure. English for me, is really tricky. hard for me. I actually find Australian really hard. Really? Yeah. Well, do it. No. Do it. Well, aren't you I doing do it, it now? <laughs> I know. Like, no. I'm kind of doing it now, but if I'm around American people, I sort of sound, you won't think I'm sounding a bit American, but I, my kids go, oh, mom, you're so embarrassing. You're doing it again. You sound very yeah, American. I don't. Is it because you're real American? Is it because it's... Yeah, it's a you little say bit little of American. A, you, get a, you get the rhythm and the lilt, and the, and people think I'm kind of making that fun or yeah. stupid. stupid. <laughs> people say that all the time. Like, so when she, I'm not speaking... That Kate, she's, she's really talented, but kind of stupid. Kind of Australian at all. And one final question. Gary Ross did a fantastic job directing and co-writing this movie, but... Coralie you... in the movie? What? Who's Coralie? Coralie. Co-writing. Co-writing. Oh, right. He's directing Coralie. I thought she's been Co-writing. Co-writing. Next time I try to say co-writing, it'll be co-writing. 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 But if you put your producer's hat on, which female director would you love to direct Ocean's Nine? There's a lot of good ones out there. There are a lot, lot of good ones. And a lot, um, did you see that movie, Age of Seventeen? Age oh, of Seventeen um, with no. Holly Steinfeld. Yes, that was fantastic. It. She's amazing. That? She's, I mean, she also wrote it, I believe. Wrote it and directed oh, it. But there's yeah, a yeah. young Farsi director who's really great, who really? did a film called uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone. Uh, at uh, night, like about the, the vampire. The vampire film. Oh. Yeah, oh. amazing, amazing. And Sarah? 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know any <laughs> women. I don't know any women who are drinking. <laughs> um, it depends yeah. on the script. It does. It depends I, I, on the script. Yeah. Maybe just has to skin. be someone who loves women. How's that? Yeah. That's a great Panache. answer. Panache. That's oh, a, that's oh fantastic answer. Because my lips look so good. Co-writing. 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 Co-writing before you go down and work on the thing over yeah, at the boat. Fun. At the boat. And you're about oh, to all your Irish I just fans. go all from two of them have just Irish, left the building. not good Irish, down to something else I don't know what it is. <laughs> that was spectacular. We prepared for this. We will not be the prime suspect. Wait, 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 wait. Every time you move it, they have to start from scratch. What did you what do? I turn it on. Well, obviously, that's more best friends to add to your collection. Mm. Right? Yeah, like I was so happy that they got on board with us doing their best right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Irish accent, which uh, Kate apparently doesn't like doing anymore because she thinks she sounds Romanian now. She doesn't she like doing her Australian again. accent. Yeah. Or an Australian <laughs> accent, <laughs> When yeah. she is Australian, isn't she? Yeah, she thinks she now sounds uh, American. American. I love that uh, Rory told me uh, that when, I think it was your mom something said, you got more out of those three than Graham Norton did. So Rory is our Graham Norton. There you go. Rory's going to replace you. My mommy texted and she was like, Sandra Bullock talked more to you than she did to Graham. The <laughs> ultimate seal of approval. Exactly. The mommy seal. The mommy seal. Yeah. Um, like whenever you go into an interview with people like Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett you're like these are the superstars mm. Mm. but after listening to and you can see the video up on Joe and her uh, with Rory with uh, the three stars of Ocean's 8 I think I'm in love with Sarah Paulson now, Fair. which I you know she's played smaller parts in other films like 12 Years a Slave yeah and she was on like American Horror Story on TV right and okay that was uh, and the people OJ versus oh uh, yeah she was wasn't she yeah. she was the lawyer and, and was, like, but um, but obviously she's not a household name in the way those other actors not, are. Not in the same in the same way, no. But she's the actress who people who love TV and movies love her. Gotcha. Because they know she is fantastic and probably yeah. just a smidge underappreciated. And hopefully, a big massive film like this will be the breakout. Really clever her. casting elsewhere. You've got Rihanna as well. So yeah. A certain demographic. Who's really good in it. Helena Bonham Carter is great in everything. So you know, it's just real solid casting. Right. Really looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> right. And right. Anne Hathaway as well. So, what's the film about? Well, it, uh, it, it is an actual sequel to the Oceans trilogy. Uh, Sandra Bullock plays the brother of George Clooney's character. No, <laughs> that's not right. She's the sister. <laughs> I don't decide gender. Uh, she's the sister of uh, George Clooney's character from the original. Uh, she's just been released from prison and she immediately sets up a little gang in order to rob a very expensive necklace from the Met Gala. Um... And the only way she can get it is to get the world's most famous actress who's played by Anne Hathaway to get permission to wear it at the Met Gala. So she needs her, unbeknownst to her, to want to wear the necklace, bring it out, and then she has all her backup team, like Helena, Rihanna, Aquafina, uh, et al. To, um, Al's in it as well. Mm. Amazing. A good Al. Love that um, guy. But they, uh, yeah, they, they put together a little heist to get the $150 million necklace. Uh, is it as entertaining and as fun and as funky and as slick as the original, well, not the original original, but <laughs> the the modern original uh, Ocean's Eleven film? I think uh, out of the four of them, I think this is the second best one. Oh, cool. Um, After... After 11. After Ocean's 11. Yeah, because uh, I thought 12 was quite terrible. Self-indulgent yeah. crap. Um, Why are still in that? 
And who? then Julia Roberts referenced someone who looked like her in that film. Julia Roberts really bad. plays she someone plays, who is, yeah. And Bruce Willis is in it for a minute as well. That's right, yeah. And Captain Zeta yeah. Jones. Uh, and then Tordine, I thought, kind of went back and forth between the coolness of Eleven and the self-indulgence <laughs> yeah, of Twelve. Of 12. Um, whereas I think this one is just, it's just, just good fun. There's no, like, heavy message underneath it, but there is one fantastic line in it that um, I hope they they really hammered this home for Ocean's Nine is that uh, we're doing this for all the little girls out there who want to grow up to be criminals. And I was like, oh, that's a great That's great. Idea. Yeah, that's quality. Um, so yeah, the, and the, the fantastic chemistry between everyone. Um, I It is a little bit, like you notice Soderbergh definitely didn't direct it because mm-hmm. um, it is Gary Ross who did the first Hunger Games. He did Seabiscuit. He did uh, Free State of Jones, that Matthew McConaughey Civil War film. Like he's not a fantastic director. But with that much uh, star power on the screen, it's an unbelievable it's, it's, it's cast. It's a good distraction from a not fantastic director. Even in terms of the promo for the film, uh, like whenever they release the uh, posters, the posters are obviously really red and iconic looking and very cool. But there was one shot of the cast just sitting on a subway mm. and it was just so yeah. cool looking. The tagline yeah. was amazing. They're not amazing. doing anything. Was it every, every, every con, con has, has its pros. pro. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a yeah, great yeah. tagline, yeah. That must have been used before. Um, it's a great line yeah, even if yeah. it was but, uh, what about the soundtrack is it good because obviously while we're on the, the subject of amazing heist films with I brilliant soundtracks I can't recall thinking it was good or bad I know mm. there definitely was one but uh, I, like it didn't it was it felt like someone was trying to kind of ape Holmes' one Holmes, without, without yeah. it being a direct rip off so it was yeah. Like so I, I really I, I can't recall it at all. So I love like it was a greedy shaker and sixty nine police off the Ocean's Eleven and the final scene and the when they were looking at the Bellagio uh, waterfall. I thought the music and the oh. score was just just made the a moment, if you know what mm. I mean. That's uh, from a scene. Debussy mm. at the end, which is mm. uh unbelievable. Music uh, major. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know they used that music brilliantly in that film, and they had a little less conversation, yeah, yeah, as well, which is a nice. Which never with left the, world the charts Cup. for about a year. That song stayed in the charts. Yeah, because it was like in the, the Elvis versus yes, someone remix. Or remix. And I'm curious, is there cameos? No, don't. Re- don't I, I was gonna. Don't even. I, say, I think there must. Don't be. even I, say. I, well, already going okay. and thinking there will be. Okay, so there, there's obviously huge cameos because there's famous people at the Met Gala. Okay, right. They're yeah. all playing yeah. okay. themselves. Okay. If you're asking, are there cameos? I'm not, no one is. From I'm, the I'm original expecting to see Rusty. I'm expecting to eat Rusty eat a burger or something like that. Was Brad Pitt's character in the first one? Well, yeah. no, they, they actually they're all they all love food in this one as well. Oh, do they? They all the same kind of food is class. To be fair, I know what you're doing. You're trying to change the conversation, so I don't answer the question. Um, tell me this uh, it's worth going to see then yeah it is it is It is good fun now it's not going to change your life you won't remember it a year from now uh, when we're doing our end of year list it's not going to be on e rhythm um, but yeah it is it is just a fun way to spend two hours brilliant Ocean's 8 in cinemas now as I said you can see that interview with Sandra Bullock Kate Blanchot and Sarah Paulson up on Joe and her now, <laughs> why we, do you <laughs> what's you even Blanchot I just Blanchett just seems like Blanchet Blanchet yeah Blanchet shopping centre Blanchet Blanchet anyway the other uh, or one of the other big releases this week is The Happy Prince which uh, stars when I heard the title I thought this was an animated comedy about a penguin <laughs> I would watch that <laughs> written it's and directed that. by Rupert Everett it's not this uh, Rupert Everett is obsessed with Oscar Wilde because Oscar Wilde is amazing uh, he's starred in the big screen adaptation of The Importance of Being Earnest uh, with Colin Firth who he has 
roped in to star in The Happy Prince as well. Basically, Rupert Everett, uh, he's written this film, directed it, and he plays Oscar Wilde kind of in the final years of his life. Um, He was released from jail and uh, had to go into exile and couldn't go back to England to see his, uh, his wife and his sons. And basically, it's about Oscar Wilde not being able to resist temptation and just kind of repeating the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, we will have uh, our interview with it, but before that, uh, I, I, I had a chance to catch up with, uh, with Rupert himself in Dublin. Rupert Everett, it's lovely to meet you today. Lovely to meet you too. Uh, thanks for chatting us and congratulations on The Happy Prince. Thank you. Because um, this is your directorial debut. It certainly uh, is. And film writing debut as well. It is. Is there an added sense of excitement or nervousness around this one as opposed to like, I'm just a cast member in this one. This is all going to be someone else's problem. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you're you're completely implied in every single you know frame of the movie. If you if you wrote it and you directed it and you're in it, and uh, and you're showing it in Dublin, uh, so uh, everything about today is uh, very important to me. So that was a real conscious decision to go. I'm bringing this film to to Dublin uh, to show it. To the Irish people there as well. Well, it's just I think it was uh, it's part of our UK release, and uh, obviously for me, uh, bringing it to Dublin is uh, is is really important. Uh, you know, here we are in just off Merrion Square, where Oscar Wilde uh, spent a lot of his childhood. So it's uh, it's very big for me. Why do you love Oscar Wilde so much? Um, well, for various different reasons, I suppose. Uh, firstly, you know, I've worked in his plays a lot and uh, always had a, a great time. Secondly, and, and done movies uh, that have done well, but mostly because I have a great love of him as a character. Um, uh, I love um, what a big star he was, and I love how blind he was to what was going on, and what mess he made of everything. I find it immensely appealing, all of that, and what a price he paid for everything. And, and like the litany of mistakes and errors he made, I find uh, very touching. And, you know, I think someone like him makes you think, God, I, I could have made all these mistakes. We all could have done, actually, because... But he kind of went all the way. And, uh, and I think his exile is incredibly uh, touching and romantic and... The, it has all the kind of glamour and tragedy of the, that I love about the end of the 19th century. Messiness is a good word for it, all right? Just the way he keeps repeating the same those mistakes, mistakes yeah. and he tears up the letter and throws it away and then as soon as everyone's out of the room, he's like, I'm getting that letter. I'm yeah, it it's like together. he can't stop himself. Yeah. Um, because this is your baby, your film, when do you, or how hard did you find it to go, that's me, I finished cutting it. I finished editing it. I'm happy with it now. I don't think there's any. The, the, it never ends, really, because even uh, I didn't have that opportunity actually, because we spent all of our money in making the film. We had like ten euros for, <laughs> ten euros for post production, so I, I I didn't really have a chance to say I'm, I'm happy with the movie. I was taken off it uh, at a certain point because we just didn't have any more money to edit. Um, having said that, uh, I think it kind of never ends because you've got. Uh, then you've got the movie coming out, then you have the movie coming out everywhere else, and you have to, here in Dublin, in Ireland, and in the UK, we have a really great distributor. But in other countries, you have to really push them and make sure they put some muscle into it or do some... So it's an endless job 
getting the movie seen because what's depressing is if you do work for 10 years on a thing and it just disappears overnight. That uh, is, is quite kind of a letdown in a way. In terms of the casting for the film, uh, it's brilliant to see you reunited with Colin Firth. Uh, obviously your previous wild connection with um, Imports of Being Ernest. How does it work whenever you've obviously known a lot of these you know, really well-established British actors for many, many years. Is it a case of like, I'm going to phone a friend, or did you have perfect people in mind from years ago? And as you said, over the 10 years, you were like, I know exactly who I want to play. Uh, well, I knew, um, I, I, I was great friends with, yeah, everyone in the film, actually. It was the only way I managed, I had to call in every single favor I could. <laughs> uh, the role of uh, Constance I wrote with Emily Watson in mind, and, um, Everyone else I kind of coerced and uh, browbeat into uh, submission at a certain point. Even, I mean, I've got incredibly overqualified people in my smaller roles too. Uh, actors like Anna Chancellor and Beatrice Dahl and Joshua Maguire, uh, let alone all the fantastic leading actors like Colin Morgan and stuff like that. Well, it's brilliant to see Colin Morgan uh, in there, a young Irish actor as well. Uh, Tom Wilkinson was my uh, favourite whenever he popped up. Uh, he is, I know there's obviously so many brilliant Oscar Wilde lines in the film. Is this one of your ones whenever uh, he says to the guy just in passing at the door, he's like, because he's a priest, oh, we obviously. Miss you in church we miss you in church. We miss, he doesn't even say church, he's like, we missed you on Sunday. <laughs> Which I think every Irish person has had whenever you haven't gone to Mass. It's like, it's been picked up by some, we missed you on Sunday. Um, <laughs> oh, and I'm glad you got that. that yeah, was a, yeah. Because there's a bit of, I, I cut a bit out, but in fact, it's that guy who suggests that priest uh, coming to, uh, to see Oscar. He was, he was his parish priest. But um, no, I think uh, Colin Morgan, since we're in, does an amazing job too, because he has a, he's one of the actors with the best ear for dialect that I've ever come across. Uh, and he just transformed himself into a completely different character. So I was very lucky with all the actors, because what a director really needs is actors who are brilliant, and then they, he doesn't have to do anything very much. Um, obviously, the name is taken from Oscar Wilde's uh, story and there's a lot of discussion around happiness and sorrow in the film. Um, when do you think you've been happiest, I know it's quite vague, but happiest in your life, like, time, you know, like right now in terms of, you know, I've got my film out there, or has there been a particular period where you're like, that's me? Happy. Um, I think I'm, happiness is, um, comes and goes, really, doesn't it? it? It comes and goes quite often in the day. Uh, uh, no, I feel really happy to have, have got my film together. On the same, at the same time, though, I feel quite anxious about getting everything right for this evening, making sure everyone gets here. So it's, uh, I think we live in quite anxious times. And uh, I mean, these last few months promoting the film is, uh, is quite obviously anxious-making, uh, but also great. It's fantastic. If you could meet Oscar Wilde today and you could say one thing to him, what would you? What would you say to him? Or have you thought about that? I've never really thought about it because um, I would like to... What I'd really like to do is go into his tomb and have a look at his body rather than... Uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a very ghoulish side to me. I love... I think everyone should be uh, exhumed. Uh, everybody. Well, no, but everybody <laughs> famous. I think it's so exciting. They exhumed Byron's body uh, in 1932 and they opened the tomb uh, the coffin, and it was all completely intact because it had been preserved in uh, liquor and then just disappeared before their eyes. But that kind of thing, I, I think meeting people, I think, is an overrated uh, experience. People you haven't met but you've appreciated, you're better off not meeting them. 
uh, really, because uh, you've got a much more complete picture of them uh, before you meet them. Meeting them could only, might be a little bit disappointing. Well, thanks for meeting me today. It wasn't disappointing at all. So no, that it, was, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't at all disappointing. No. Cheers, Rupert. Thank <laughs> Cheers. you, and congratulations Thank again. Thank you very much indeed. I can make you happy. Yes, you can. I dare say what I have done is fatal. Be careful, Roscoe. I love him as I always did, with a sense of tragedy and ruin. There's no mystery so great as suffering. But suffering is nothing when there is love. Love is everything. I'm in mortal combat with this wallpaper, Robbie. One of us has to go. He sounds lovely. He he is uh, a lovely man, and he's he's very. He's been through a lot in his life. Mm-hmm. Like when you're reading up, like Rupert Everett. Um, he was a sex worker when he was younger, ran away from home like about 15, 16 years oh, I, of age. I didn't know any of this. I thought you were just going to say he was mates with Madonna or something. No, he, he is best friends with Madonna and uh, is a brilliant singer, sang back and vocals on some of her tracks and albums as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, he's had, like, he's he's a writer, he's written books, he's obviously written and directed this film, he's an excellent actor. Um, but like that early part of his life um, and he's talked about it about being a young gay actor in the UK in Hollywood as well and how hard that's been and he was a sex worker yeah like he ran away from home as a, his, as a kid as a teenager life story sounds more interesting than Oscar Wilde's life story yeah. he should have played himself but that's why he does say that he feels that he has this kind of uh, not obsession but connection as well uh, because Oscar Wilde is this flawed character who as we said keeps making these mistakes over and over again and like I'm like again uh, I love uh, the importance of being earnest the film mm. and and the play as well and you can hear just a little clip there at the end where Oscar Wilde's talking about one of us uh, and you know I'm in combat with this wallpaper and one of us is going to have to go mm. and you know there's no shortage of those amazing Oscar Wilde witticisms mm. um, but the film itself I don't know it just it just didn't work for me and and even Rupert Everett's performance as Oscar Wilde because he's under heavy prosthetics to play a heavy Oscar Wilde it just I don't know it didn't work for me it felt like a parody kind of performance sometimes or I just didn't buy that part of it and there's good there's good supporting actors as I said Colin Firth is in there Emily Watson and is Rupert Everett says in the interviews like he called in every favour he could to get you know some of the top uh, kind of acting talent out there Tom Wilkinson as well just with a really small cameo part um, a special mention to Colin Morgan the Irish actor who most famous for the BBC series Merlin who's unrecognisable as the love interest in the film as Bosie Douglas which one was he now was he the, he the was rich the, one yeah the the rich young I lover I I, but I thought he, he was so hateable but I thought he was so well played yeah 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 yeah. but um, I hated that character <laughs> yeah and like the way Everett kind of writes it I, I think that's intentional you're supposed to, yeah to have these uh, wild having all these people just like basically pushing them in all the wrong directions as well see I think we, we discussed this after uh, a little while ago like my biggest problem with the film was that we kept seeing uh, wild at his worst um, being like mostly horrible to the people around him and everyone around him was like madly madly in love with him and but because we only seen that small window at the end when he was not a nice person 
I kept asking myself, I was like, why do these people like him? Why is somebody, or why is everybody so dedicated to him? Yeah, like, because we never got a, we, he never goes back and gives us a glimpse of Wilde at his best yeah. in this film, so we've nothing to benchmark the rest of his life against, yeah. so it just felt a bit like giving us the worst part of his story. Yeah, you see, I suppose Everett is saying that he sees this exile as one of the most beautiful parts of his life, kind of, even though it was horrible and it's covered in puke and not nice things happen. But, uh, yeah, I did. I think people who are fans of Everett and Oscar Wilde uh, will be going along to see it, but I don't see this getting a, a massive audience. But uh, I wasn't overly fussed in it, unfortunately. Um, there is another release out in Irish cinemas this week, Kissing Candice, an Irish film, actually. Um, and we will have a full bonus feature. Feature uh, with the writer and director uh, Ethan McArdle. Yeah. Um, so that'll be uh, coming up soon. So keep an ear out for that. But uh, yeah, film, film, <laughs> film, 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 Rory, 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 talk, review, talk. Uh, yes, it is a. Um, it's it's. Ethan McArdle seems to have tried to make a uh, David Lynch film uh, set up. Uh, in the north of the country, it's about a young girl who dreams of a uh, of of a boy in a, in a kind of very violent dreamscape, uh, and then in her waking life, she actually runs into him. Uh, but he's part of a very violent gang who are uh, kind of the the sons of uh, a way more violent gang from back when Ireland was in the midst of the troubles. Um, and it, Candice starts to fall for him, and she knows she shouldn't because obviously he's part of a terrible gang. And her dad is a police officer who is investigating a, the, the, the disappearance of a young boy and he's convinced that this gang were involved in that. Uh, it's just these two stories uh, come together. That's the plot, if we can kind of call it that. It is very Lynchian in that you're, just, you're grasping at straws most of the time. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's a mood piece. It looks absolutely beautiful. She started her uh, career um making music videos she's done music videos for U2 and some of the biggest names the, out the there the trailer itself looks like a music video yeah the way it's shot and there's, there's scenes in it there's whole scenes in it where you're like this actually could just be a music video if you took the dialogue out which you kind of wish you had have done because really as beautiful as it looks and as great as she can be in some of the scenes and creating a sense of atmosphere the film itself is a slog it's not enjoyable to watch she does get some good performances, especially out of the lead actress who plays Candice. Um, but there's, there's other actors you just like, was this really the best you can you right. can find? Um, but like I said, I would be curious to see what Eva McArdle can do next because it is beautiful and she can create a, a, like an atmosphere. But maybe next time get a person who can do dialogue and a better... <laughs> A better casting director. Interesting because we've had some excellent Irish films already this year. Uh, Michael Inside. Mm. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Dublin Old School next week yep. as well. Um, both dramas. Making the Grade. I'm making, making the, the Grade. grade yeah. Brilliant Big documentary as well. Of course. Congratulations. You're well done. Um, yeah, so uh, that's a pity to hear. It's, it's not quite up to the level of those Irish films that we've seen released already. Yeah, but like... Uh, yes, okay. So I wouldn't... I can't recommend it, but I, I can wholeheartedly said I am very interested to see what that director can do yeah. next okay. she's already said that she, the next one is going to be a sci-fi horror um, and her touchstones were like alien and <laughs> well that was you yeah. <laughs> you were like that's already yeah, that's and I was like gone. oh we're best friends Ray. Yeah, marry me um, so if you can bring that visual style and again that sense of foreboding atmosphere and dread to a sci-fi horror 
it could be genuinely brilliant. It just didn't work for this story because it was just a bit too flimsy and uh, arty for its own good. Okay, so that's Kissing Candy, which is in Irish cinemas this week as well. So plenty to choose from there with Ocean's Eight, The Happy Prince, Kissing Candy, and all the other films. Hereditary. Uh, in the, and Hereditary, of course, uh, that are out in the uh, Irish cinemas at the moment. If you don't get a chance to head along to the cinema for whatever reason, and you do happen to have Netflix at home, uh, or you have access, you can just steal. It is a heist kind of themed week. Just well, steal somebody's login details. I, I, I we, we, we got details on Jordanay, actually, if you read up on it. 13% of people have access to their ex's oh. Netflix account without their ex being aware that they still use it. Netflix. So, Xflix. Xflix. That sounds really dirty. They all. Throwing yeah. <laughs> three X's there. Yeah. That's a whole different site <laughs> altogether. Different yeah. uh, kind of film. Right. 13% of people still use their X's. Hogging off their X's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any X's though, so I'm, I'm okay. You're one of the lucky ones, Rory. <laughs> kind of. Uh, <laughs> In this way, yes. So the recommendation this week is uh, it's a Western from 2015. Oh. Uh, um, that. You, go on. It's a. Uh, I remember at the time whenever it was released, like people raving about it. I don't think it had a massive audience at the time, but I watched it there the other day and it is phenomenal. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It's Bone Tomahawk. <gasps> Best I love it. Yeah, well, death well ever. so this is Oh the my thing. god. Now a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Beth's deaths, our favourite deaths in film, and I hadn't seen this film at the time. Yeah. And I chose Boromir. Boring. Comparatively, oh, this is there fantastic. is a de- well. First of all, a bit of background: Bone Tomahawk, uh, a western from a couple of years ago. Um, Kurt Russell plays a local sheriff. Like, I mean, classic western mm. kind of setup. Uh, really brilliant supporting cast: Matthew Fox from Party of Five and Lost. Um, you also have Richard Jenkins in there, Patrick and, Wilson as well, and Patrick there. Wilson um, as kind of this. Just it's a Richard. Um, Oh, Jenkins, no, you said that already. yeah. Oh, and Richard Jenkins is in it as well. <laughs> yeah, Who? Um, Kurt Russell, <laughs> Richard Jenkins, and <laughs> Patrick Wilson, and don't forget Richard Jenkins. Sorry, but <laughs> the film is about. Uh, basically, it starts off. There's a couple of outlaws. They're up to no good. Mm. Uh, they cross this uh, Native American burial site, which is just a no-no. You don't do that. It's a general rule of thumb. Nope. They get into a lot of trouble. One of them goes in the run and brings the trouble with him to town uh, people are kidnapped other people are killed and basically a posse is formed in true western style uh, Kurt Russell uh, Richard Jenkins Matthew Fox and uh, Richard Jenkins and <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Wilson they, they basically they have to team up and a bit of a motley crew of an old man uh, Richard Jenkins one, <laughs> yeah, one doctor of, um, yeah one yeah. of them uh, he's he's kind of he's got a, a really bad limp so one of them so is a Matthew Fox kind of a renegade kind of a bit of a he's an, a bit of a outlaw, cold yeah. killer yeah. because he was uh, like during uh, one of the wars around that time I know my history mm. um, so like this really interesting cast the thing about the film is the violence is brutal. shocking. Yeah. It is brutal, and it does it's swing a, a from horror. like a western to a horror. And it's, it's oh. not. It's not even that. Even the way it's filmed, you see every bead of sweat, every skin flake get it's burned. So it's so in real. your face. The leg break as well. Jesus, when they set that leg again, it's just like yeah. Oh. One of the one of them has an injury. So there's yeah. there's, there's just a lot of gritty realness in mm. it. But that one. Oh, there, there, there's one death in particular, which uh, things go. Listen, things just spiral out of control in this film. And it's the uh, way they do yeah, it it's the and way. what they go for first. So, well, yeah. you see, this is the thing. I would say uh, 
you have to be in the right frame of mind to, to watch Bone Tomahawk. It's not about love and horror or love and western training. It, this is just... I think this film will stick with you because it, it, it has done mm. uh, for me. It's written and directed by a guy called S. Craig Zahler. He did... Um, Brawl and Cell Block yeah. 99, which... Uh, Rory, you were I a big really fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. You got it on really your really best good. of yeah. last year. I had Bone the best of 2015. 2015, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, like he's obviously this really talented writer and director because the dialogue... And the, I know it seems like a simple thing to say, but the acting from the actors in this is perfect. Yeah. They're just all uh, absolutely spot on in their roles and together. So cannot recommend that film highly enough. Bone Tomahawk. Great show. Yeah. Tough um, watch, but great show. Tough watch, yeah. Um, so earlier on we did have our, we eventually remembered to do our example high clue. And you got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did. That's right. Go us. Um, you got it. Now it's time for... So proud of you. No, we're a team. We're a team. Oh, okay. Uh, congratulations to everybody who got last week's high clue uh, correct. It went as follows. Uh, mix game for a fight. Room for no jealous captains. Captains with a capital C. And X, Superman's X. Um, and a hefty number of people actually got it wrong this week. But they went for the same answer. A lot of people went for um, the fighter. The Mickey O'Rourke film. Okay. Um, Mickey O'Rourke. I just made him Irish. Mickey O'Rourke. Um, and now I'm not one for shaming people, but it's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. So <laughs> Andy and Malahide, Martin Crinion, they both thought it was the fighter uh, as well. And it's not the correct answer, is actually Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Why would you think it's the fighter? Well, because Mick's game for a fight. So you Mickey have Mick, Mickey O'Rourke. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then th- I think they went for uh, Amy Adams being ex Superman's ex. Oh, yeah. There as well. So that's fit. But, but he's not the ex Superman. He's not the one we were talking about. So the actual solution, as we said, was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, Mick's game for a fight was Michael Sarah has to do a load of fighting in the film. Uh, and there's a video game element to it as well. Room for no jealous captains. Uh, Room was a reference to Brie Larson, who's in the film. She plays a character called Envy, which is the the jealous side of things. She also plays Captain Marvel. And uh, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, is in it. So they were the jealous captains with a capital C. And the last line was ex-Superman's ex. Uh, The ex-Superman was actually Brandon Ruth. He plays one of the ex-boyfriends uh, of Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, so, yeah, that was Scott Pilgrim. And congratulations to David Scanlon, who got it correct. And, Paul, you're going to be terrified of this one. Somebody called Miss Omens. Uh, she got it correct as well. So she's going to haunt your dreams. So good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but our don't give my details out. <laughs> too late. Uh, our competition high clue for this week, though. I'm excited. Pens at the ready. I've got my pen. I've got my... Light paper. Pens out for the lads. Whee. Here we go. So it's... Wolfish Big Rabbit. The middle line is Orange Man isn't yellow. You're looking at me because I'm from Derry. I'm not sectarian. I didn't say anything. The the, the looks, just because I said the word orange. I didn't say a word. (laughs) Orange Man isn't (laughs) yellow. Uh, And the final line is Boots, Deaf, Boy in Blue. Death? Deaf, D E A F. Boots, deaf, boy, and blue. So, wolfish, big rabbit, orange man isn't yellow. Boots, deaf, boy, and blue. Oh. Um, wolfish, big rabbit, five. Orange man isn't yellow, seven. Boots, deaf, boy, and blue, five. Sorted. Hmm. Pondering, thinking. This one popped into my head from the first line, but I don't think it is. Yeah, okay. I had the same one from the first line, yeah. but I also don't think it is that either. No, I don't think it's that. Right. It's not that one. Okay. It's not that one. 
Um, but yeah, so that's this week's. Did you hear that, listeners? It's not that one. It's not that one. Okay, the one that did you hear Paul scribbling it down? It's our showgirls this week, guys. <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it for this week. As we say, keep an eye out for our extra bonus features, which will be coming up. You can also see those interviews with the Ocean's Eight stars and Rupert Everett from The Happy Prince up on Joe and her. And next week, very cool episode. We're going to be talking about a brand new Irish film, Dublin Old School. Uh, and Roy, you had a chance to speak to the star and director of that, Emmett Kerman and Ian Lloyd Anderson. Star and writer. Oh, writer, yeah, sorry. Some other dude directed it. Oh. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't meet him. I didn't get to meet him. Okay, fair uh, enough. But yeah, I, uh, the two lead actors, they were the they played the two roles in the Oh, in the play. play Brilliant. That, uh, everyone loves. Uh, and they're the two leads in the movie. Um, and yeah, they're great fun to talk to. I'm really looking forward to talking about the film. But next week's release schedule is Crazy Bonkers. There are thousand film out? Let's go with film a thousand. Let's go, let's, oh. let's go with a thousand. Um, we're off to rob something. What do you want to... Can we rob lunch? Lunch, I'm yes. Oh, rob lunch. We're going we're gonna to rob some hood to the funky, funky soundtrack. We'll see you funkers next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>